Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Believe in Clemson Football with LeVon Kirkland. I'm Will Vandervoort. Thanks for joining us. Had a little bit of technical difficulties on my end. Um, so things like that happen. So apologize for being a few minutes late getting started, but we are here. We're up and running. We're, we're getting this thing rolling, and we appreciate you guys with us. Again, I'm Will Vandervoort. That's LeVon Kirkland over there, as you see, former Clemson great, Pittsburgh Steeler great, number 44 in your hearts if you're a Tiger fan, number 99 in your heart if you're a Steelers fan. I'm both, so I get both of them. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I have about that. How buddy. nice. How nice. <laughs> so, anyway, appreciate you guys joining us as we come off a huge, huge 31 23 victory over the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. LeVon, how proud of the Clemson football team were you as an alum the other day as you watched the game? Well, I was very proud. It was a game that we talked about saying that Clemson needed to win this game. Not we should or whatever. It was like, dude, we really need this win. No doubt about it. And I thought they came out and they played a pretty clean game. And I think a couple of stars played like stars. You know, five-star guys. And that's what you always need from the offense, defense, and special teams. And we absolutely got it this week. And the calamities that normally happen during the Clemson football game, especially this season, did not happen. I thought they played a pretty clean game. And so, yeah, I was very proud, especially against Notre Dame. I have a colleague of mine who always like to talk about Notre Dame. They like to put it in my face. But this year we got you guys. So I was pretty happy about the win. We did. Now, you you said there wasn't any um... – calamities that happened but 2023 did show up a couple times mm-hmm. uh but showed up in the uh the the first the second player third player the uh, the second half in a uh, pop you know bo collins should catch the ball instead it pops off his shoulder pads their guy takes it to the one yard line and they score yeah then when you think you got the game iced up when griffith gets the interception and you're thinking oh they got it now it's over oh, yeah, and then yeah. Moffa fumbled it and oh, yeah. oh, you know so but they found a way to they got yes. the, Xavier Thomas got the pressure and got ended it and game set match at that point and Clemson walks off with a big 31-23 win. Um, we got a lot to go over today. We're going to go over mm-hmm. this game. Obviously, we're going to look ahead to the Georgia Tech game. We're going to talk about what this win means for Clemson going forward. Uh, so a lot of things to go to uh, before we get rolling on that. Though, let's uh, give a shout out to our sponsors. We'll start off with the Clemson Insider. For the most complete coverage of Clemson athletics and recruiting, go to theclemsoninsider.com. I'd like to thank Robert for allowing us to use the Clemson Insiders platform on their YouTube page and their Facebook page and Twitter so we can come live to you guys each and every Tuesday night. So we do appreciate that. Uh, We also want to say thanks to Tip It Back Sports Grill, the place to be to watch all your college football action this season, including the Clemson Tigers and our Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, So we want to thank those guys. And then, of course, Without a doubt, our number one sponsor who's been with us from the beginning and is the reason why we do this show each and every week, and that is betonline.ag. 
they've uh, been with us from the beginning. And so the last, as you know, LaVonda, the major pros has already tipped off their season, and that's NBA okay. sports. Um, and so the NBA is going full bud now. The, uh, the World Series is over, so there's no more baseball. But there's now NBA, you got NFL, and you got college football, and you got NHL. So you get all those kind of different things you can bet on. So they're all in full swing. So Bet Online is your number one source for all your wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. So get everything NBA at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access for every sport anytime. So head on over to Bet Online today and get in on all the action. Don't forget to use our promo code Believe. That's B L E A V to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's Believe, B-L-E-A-V, to receive that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, betonline.ag, where the game begins. And as I mentioned earlier, we'd like to say thanks to Tip It Back Sports Grill, 215 Pelham Road in Greenville, South Carolina. It's the place to be every football season, including this year where we've got – I can't believe we're already, LaVon. I know. What, November. 10 weeks into the season. Already, That's amazing. They yeah. just – Man, for all the weight, it just flies by. But, you know, if you still, we still got a few weeks to go in the college football season. So if you want to go over there, check it out. Go to Tip It Back Sports Grill. It has all the biggest games from around the country on their many TV screens, including Clemson and South Carolina, and all the games from the ACC and SEC. If you're an NFL fan, go to Tip It Back Sports Grill on Sundays. They have all the games up. And of course, the games for the Pittsburgh Steelers are they, they, because they are the home of the Pittsburgh Steelers in the Greenville area. Tip It Back Sports Grill is located at the and is open seven days a week. On Mondays, it's Twisted Trivia Night, as well as Monday Night Football. There's live music. There's karaoke throughout the week. Every Saturday, of course, as I said, is is designated for college football. And on Sundays, it's designated for the NFL and the Pittsburgh Steelers. So go by and see Tim Cinco and his team over at Tip It Back Sports Grill, located at the Commons in Pelham. Tip It Back Sports Grill is the place to be for all your college and football action this fall. And, LaVon, we had some um, big action, obviously, this week for Clemson. Mm-hmm. They got a big win. And, uh, first of all, before we get too far into it, we want to congratulate Clemson head coach Dabo Sweeney. He earned his 166th career win in last week's win over Notre Dame, the past college football Hall of Famer Frank Howard, who had 165 <laughs> wins from 1940 to 1969. For uh, Now Coach Sweeney owns sole possession – of the Clemson career record for head coaching wins. How about that news for Dabo Sweeney, man? That that thing, I think in a way, it's kind of like been the monkey on his back <laughs> the last couple of weeks. and finally, yeah, Perhaps, yeah. Right? Yeah, I, I think that's uh, tremendous. When you can win, I mean, when you can win a game, it's great as a head coach. But to win 165 games and also on your resume to add two national championships, numerous playoffs appearance. And how many, I mean, since 2008. Yeah. So he did it in a pretty short time as yeah. well. So you got to give him his props. He's one of the best coaches in college football at this point in time. And he's continued to be fired up, have a lot of energy. And it was really good to see him kind of back at it. I, I saw him this game really being the Dabo Sweeney of old. Yeah, I mean, I mean, positivity, not getting frustrated, um, you know, always being a supportive of his players. It was good to see, and the reason why is because his team played 
probably their best football in quite some time. Yeah, it, it you know, the, everybody's seen the reports that have come out since where Dabo Sweeney basically lined his players and coaches up and pretty much told them, you're on notice. If you don't get things turned around and I don't start seeing what you're supposed to be and you doing and getting that uh, 110%, if you will, as Coach Howard would say, if I don't start seeing that, I'm going to start looking for somebody else who can do it. And um, he kind of laid the law down last week with the team. LaVon, I heard they had their two most physical practices that they've had in years on Tuesday and Wednesday. Of course, that showed when you saw the injury report on Saturday Mm -hmm. uh, with all the guys that got banged up and hurt. Um, So he really, really laid down the law, if you will. And like you said, became that guy that we know him to be. And that's a guy who's very spirited. He's very emotional. And he, uh, he demands a lot out of his coaches and players. And he kind of, you know, let them know it this past week. And, yeah. you know, sometimes you got to do that as a coach. And, um, no question. Yeah. and he and he did that and they responded. Um, mm-hmm. The team responded that, you know, there's no doubt to a man, you, you you listen to every one of his current players or former players. They talked to how much they love work playing for Coach Sweeney. And um, they love the fact that he gets fiery like that and that he sure. has their back because mm-hmm. he knows they know he does it in the best interest of the team. And, um, man, I tell you, it worked. There's no doubt about it because that was a different football team than what we saw the one in Raleigh. It really was. It it was a team that had a lot of energy. They ran the ball extremely well. And you got to give a lot of love to Mafia, man. He did a tremendous job. It looked like 1985 Kenny Flowers with the the white socks up, big back, running like that in the backfield. It was really great to see. And the defense making plays, Jeremiah Trotter had a big-time game. He really did. He really proved how good he is and how well he can make plays. Those two sacks that he made defeating the running back was probably some of the best rushing I've seen from an inside linebacker in quite some time. So – it was good to see them playing a little bit more complimentary ball, too. Mm-hmm. I think in the second half, they seemed to really have good field position the whole time, really putting Notre Dame really deep into their uh, territory. So it was complimentary football, and that's what you want, and that's what they did. They were really simple this time, relying on the running game, you know, getting to the quarterback, making tackles. So it was really good to see the energy was up and – that's what you need when you're playing a number 12 team that's coming into your place and you've, you've lost two games. I'm sure he had to come to Jesus meet. Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't get it done, you're out of here. And I'm sure when you get that kind of notice from your boss, your work ethic steps up. Your attention to detail stepped up. And I really saw that this past Saturday. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought it up about Phil Moffa and that offensive line and what they did. And that kind of leads into the note. You see the scroll going across the bottom here. The Atlantic Coast Conference announced on Monday that Clemson running back Phil Moffa, center Will Putnam, uh, punter Aiden Swanson, and linebacker Jeremiah Trotter all earned ACC Player of the Week honors in their respective categories for their performance in Clemson's 
31-23 victory over Notre Dame. Maffa earned his first career ACC Running Back of the Week award after a record-setting performance in the win against the Irish. Maffa recorded a career-high 186 rushing yards on a school-tying 36 carries and matched his career-high with two rushing touchdowns. Maffa's 36 carries against the Irish tied the school record shared by Jim Shirley, who had 36 carries against NC State in 1951. Ray Yager, who had 36 carries against Wake Forest in 1969. And, of course, Raymond Priester, who had 36 carries against Maryland in 1997. So it's the first time since 1997 that a running back has had that many carries. So, that you know, you do the math. That was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, you know, also his 186 yards are the most by a Clemson player of any kind, any running back, since Kobe Pace's 191 rushing yard performance against Wake Forest in 2021. Putnam earned his first ACC Offensive Lineman of the Week honor this season and his third of his career. His selection this week joins accolades garnered following games against Louisiana Tech and Miami of Florida last week. I mean, excuse me, last season. On Saturday, Putnam graded out at 98% with six knockdowns, according to Clemson's coaching staff. In wow. addition to helping Moff on his career day, Putnam led an offensive line to help Clemson limit Notre Dame to one sack despite starting its third different offensive line combination in as many weeks and its fifth different offensive line combination this season. The veteran plays contributed to Clemson's 31 points, which more than doubled the per-game average surrendered by the Irish defense, which entered the game ranked 10th in the country in scoring defense at 15.3 points per game. Swanson's selection as ACC um, Special Teams Player of the Week is his first of his career, and he becomes the first Clemson player to earn honor since Will Spires did it in 2020 against yeah. Notre Dame, Swanson placed a career high five of his six punts inside the 20 yard line. And his lone punt that was not down inside the 20 was a booming kick that resulted in a Notre Dame muff recover fumble by Clemson. He produced the most punts placed inside the 20 by a Clemson punter since Spires in the national championship game to end the 2019 season. Uh, Jeremiah Trotter's selection was the first of the season and his third of his career. Last season, he collected. ACC honors for his performances against Florida State and South Carolina. Against Notre Dame, Trotter recorded a game-high 11 tackles, 2.5 tackles for a loss. He had two sacks and an interception, which he returned 28 yards for a touchdown. In doing so, he became only the fifth football player and second Power 5 player since 2005 to post double-digit tackles, at least 2.5 tackles for a loss, two sacks or more, and a pick six in the same game. Um, and the accolades for Trotter and it didn't end there. Um, he was also named um, by the football writers, excuse me, the Walter Camp Foundation uh, announced today that he was the uh, defensive player of the week for his performance for Clemson's 31-21 win over Notre Dame this past week. The, the Football Writers Association also gave him the Bronco Nagurski Award for the player of the week as well. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Phil Put, uh, excuse me, Will Putnam, he got – the Outland Trophy National Player of the Week award for his performance today, too. So the accolades keep rolling in for those two guys, LeVon, and for all four guys as they had a – I mean, if you think about the four guys that were honored, if it wasn't for them, Clemson probably doesn't win that game. I mean, those guys played outstanding, as did everybody on the team. Yeah, no question about it. Like I said before, it was complimentary football mm-hmm. at its very best. Mm-hmm. I, I thought Swanson did a great job as far as putting the ball, making sure that Notre Dame – didn't have good field position. And then the one that actually caused a fumble was a great kick. I mean, tremendous kick. 
and the guy just kind of muffing, we kind of recover him. And then you look at the the running game, the offense, man, Phil, Mafa, and uh, Putnam just did a great job. And he really did a fantastic job, Mafa, that is, of finding the holes. It mm-hmm. wasn't always there, but he did a good job of cutting off guys, great vision. And I really believe that sometimes a running back, they need multiple carries. They need to get going. And once they get going, they can really dominate a game. And that's what he did. And Jeremiah Trotter just played like a five-star. We mentioned that earlier because, man, do you know how tough it is to get two sacks, a pick six, those tackles were lost, and double-digit tackles? That's a lot of work. That is a lot of work. And I'm telling you, he made some big-time plays. And sometimes you need a guy to step up, and he really stepped up and helped his team win. I mean, he scored a touchdown, which is big. Yeah, you know as good as anybody how tough that is. Um, yes. Playing the same it's position. Tough. Yes. <laughs> so. I came, came close one time where I had two sacks, had an interception, but I don't think I only had maybe six or seven tackles. Right. But – and that was in college. That's probably the closest – came to a day like that, but for him, I mean, he was all over the place. I'm sure most people would call that a flow performance, (laughs) and he was definitely in the flow. Really proud of him. I know his dad pretty well, and I'm sure his dad was proud of him, too, because he put on a performance. Yeah, today we got to talk to him, and he asked, he was asked about the, um, the hammer. He lays right, down the yeah. hammer, you know, now, when he, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is what his dad used to do. And he said he did it one game last year, just one time kind of like – it just kind of happened. He didn't really mean right. to do it. It just kind of did it. And he said uh, his teammates loved it, you know, mm-hmm. and they were like, oh, we got to keep – you got to keep doing that every time, you know. And he's like, well, you know, so he talked to his dad about it. And he says, hey, dad, would you mind if I if I did that? And his dad's like, man, shoot, keep doing it. He's like, your teammates love it. The crowd loves it. He's like, yeah, he says, I love it. Let's, you know, keep doing it, dude. Don't, don't uh, stop. It, you know, something like that, a celebration like that, it gets everybody else going. Mm-hmm. And when he made his first uh, first sack, I saw Palmer doing it too. And it gets everybody else doing it. That's just energy. And he's providing that. And it's leadership as well because he's saying, Guys, come follow me. Come follow me. I'm going to make some plays. We're going to all make some plays, and we're going to win this game. And what we talked about last week was this was a game that, quite simply, Clemson had to tell Notre Dame, you're going to have to kill us to beat us. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. And just a a monumental win. We're going to get into that more in a minute. We do have one more thing I want to announce, and – this is a guy you work with, I believe, and, and he helps with the uh, South Carolina uh, Football Hall of Fame. Okay, and, yeah. Yeah, and so um, I'm going I'm to pull it up here in a second if I can. Here we go. The ACC announced today, as you see it coming across my screen right now, the ACC announced um, a Heisman Trophy winner, multiple Super Bowl champions and Hall of Famers and All-Americans and several NFL standouts highlight the 2023 Atlantic Coast Conference football class um, honors class that was unveiled on Tuesday. The this year's 14 members include Boston College's Goddard Shararis, Clemson's Jeff Bostic, 
Right. Matt Daniels, Florida State's Charlie Ward, Georgia Tech's George O'Leary, Louisville's Michael Bush, Miami's Dennis Hurrah, North Carolina's Aguil Crumbler, um, North Carolina State's Ray Agnew, Pitt's Jackie Sherrill, Syracuse's Robert Carrard, Virginia's Rondé Barber, Virginia Tech's Jeff King, and Wake Forest's Bill Ard. Uh, so, as I mentioned, Clemson's Jeff Bostic is on this list. And so, oh, if just so you people recognize who Jeff Bostic is, he was a member of the Clemson Tigers from 1977 to 79. As I said, he's a member of the Clemson Athletic Hall of Fame. Uh, he also played at Clemson as from 77 to 79. He was intro- He was inducted to the South Carolina Athletic Hall of Fame in 99. He's a member of the South Carolina Athletic Football Hall of Fame in 2021. He's an all-ACC first-team selection in 1979. He went undrafted and played 14 seasons in the NFL with the Washington Redskins from 1980 to 93. He earned Pro Bowl honors in 1983. He was also an NFL All-Pro selection in 1983, named one of the 80, 80 greatest Washington Redskins of all time, and is a member of the Washington's Commander's Ring of Honor. He started on three Super Bowl championship teams for Washington in 1982, 87, and 91. Uh, he was named the ESPN's 40-man roster for greatest Super Bowl players prior to Super Bowl 50. So, Jeff Bostic, congratulations. And, LeVon, I know you feel the same way as he uh, got a big honor as he's going to be one of the ACC legends and will be honored uh, prior to the ACC championship game this season. Wish the Tigers could be there with them. Um, but, uh, you know, hey – Heck of an honor. And by the way, when I looked at that list, why in the world wasn't Charlie Ward on here before? I mean, hmm, not quite sure. I mean, is Charlie Ward not the greatest quarterback Florida State's ever had, and it's not even close? I would imagine so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the guy won the Heisman. The guy was a multiple sport player in college. I mean, they did a special about Charlie Ward. I, yeah, I, I don't get why he hasn't been a legend. Already, exactly. Yeah. I mean, he's a Heisman Trophy winner. T- led his team to a national championship. Yeah, took his took his basketball team to a Sweet Sixteen and a Final Four. Right. I mean, and he went on to play in the NBA for how many years? Ten or twelve years or whatever. Yeah, yeah New had, York had, Knicks had a really good career. Yeah, yeah. And I, really, honestly, probably would have been today's standard. Probably would have been probably a first or a second round NFL quarterback. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame that. Back then, they didn't recognize his skill as a quarterback. And it's the same skill that Lamar Jackson and a bunch of other guys are have. And this guy didn't even get a chance to play in the NFL. And look at some of these other names. Obviously, George O'Leary thought he would be in there before now. Right. Pittsburgh's Jackie Sherrill. Like that, he should have been like one of the first ones, shouldn't he? I, I mean, would think so. Yeah. Behind yeah. Tony Dorsett. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. NC State's Ray Agnew, you remember that guy? I don't know. Yes. <laughs> yes, you do, right? I, I'm sure we all remember Ray back in 80, from 88 to 91. We remember Ray. And then Virginia's Rondé Barber, you know, um, that, he, that one of the he's a hall, he's a hall of pro football hall of famer. One of the he, he caused me an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl my last year. That's right. He did, didn't he? That interception he made was uh it was brilliant. That's when you were at Philadelphia, right? Yes, that's why I was in Philadelphia wearing that number 93. Yeah, that's – uh, Oh, that was tough. Yeah, I bet it was. But yeah. I got a great story with him, though. So me and my ex-wife we were down in Tampa, and mm-hmm. the Steelers were playing the Buccaneers that weekend. 
And so we're doing the whole, you know, I think we were at what's it at, you know, the animal park down there or whatever. And, sure. um, we, I, I got my Steeler shirt on and we're going through the park and Rondé Barber comes up to me and he says, obviously you're going, you're here for the game on Sunday. And I said, yeah, you're Rondé Barber. He's like, I, yeah, I am. And I was like, you know, I was just like, you know, uh, yeah, that's pretty, yeah, I am. And I just thought it was cool. Rondé Barber just came up to me and asked right. me if I'm going to the game. Right. And mm-hmm. he says, you guys know it's going to be a home game for you guys on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I said, you think so? And he's like, yeah. yeah, trust me, it will be a home game. And he wasn't wrong. When I went in there, right, yeah. there was 65,000 terrible towels. I guess he knew his town very well. Very well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they haven't always been winners at Tampa Bay. Right. So, I mean, if you could remember past the Tom Brady days, Tampa Bay went through some hard times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. But he's an excellent player, man. I really do like him a lot. He's yeah, a he's guy. He was a nice guy. I enjoyed yeah. talking to him that day just for a few minutes and uh, had his uh, wife there and kids there. It, it was pretty nice just to meet him and, uh, you know, talk a little uh, football with them. <laughs> he, yeah. he didn't have to do that. He came over and did it anyway. That's pretty, oh, yeah, I thought that told me a lot about his character, who he is. Yeah, great guy. Good yeah. job. Yeah. Awesome. Um, well, you know, obviously we want to talk about this game against the, the you know, against Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Uh, we mentioned it a little bit uh LeVon, I guess when I look at it, the first thing I think of is when all the news started coming out with the injuries last week. Mm. So, you know, after we did our podcast last week, by next last Thursday, news came out about Marcus Tate, um, several other players that possibly couldn't play, called Sadler on the offensive line. Um, a couple other guys were questionable. Um, and you're starting to think, my goodness, if they, uh, I mean, they're playing another Dame team that's as physical as anybody they're going to play. Mm-hmm. And all, they're already losing two offensive linemen yeah. on a unit that hadn't played well already. Right. I mean, it's like, oh, my goodness, what are they going to do? And then news breaks out on Saturday where four defensive players are not going to play that have been uh, uh, Sheridan Jones, mm-hmm. Jalen Phillips, um, RJ uh, Mickens. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was one more, um, as uh, my mind's escaping me, but they had four starters in the secondary out for the mm-hmm. game. Right. And, and, and so you're sitting here thinking what in the world they're going to do. And then, you know, yours truly breaks the news <laughs> that, uh, Kate Klubnik is going to be, uh, in a possibly is, uh, probably going to play, which he did, mm-hmm. but he's going to be, you know, he had a severe wrapped ankle and, he was in a boot all week last week and had limit was limited in practice. And so right. you're thinking, okay, so now Cade Klubnik is like, how much is he going to play? Is mm-hmm. this going to hurt him? All these things going against Clemson before the game starts. And Dabo said in the press conference, he told his players, he's like, guys, we're just going to go out there, take the, the guys that can play that are healthy. And we're just going to go play their dudes. And then we're going to find out something about ourselves today. Yes. And, and, and what they found out is they're pretty doggone tough because with all those players out, I think Dabo counted 14 in mm-hmm. all, they still found a way to really control that entire football game against Notre Dame. Oh, no question about it. I thought, as we said before, the energy was really good. Really good. Unlike NC State. And sometimes that happens when you're <clears> playing away. Guys, their energy level is just really not that good. But you saw – that Coach Sweeney really had these guys ready to play. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I think that guys, sometimes when you give them an opportunity and they know they're going to play a good bit, sometimes they turn it up. And I thought that a lot of guys, they turn it up pretty well and they play. They, they let you know that, hey, man, we got some guys that still can get it done, some young guys who are going to be really good players. And everybody talks about the, you know, the portal and we're not using the portal. But I really believe after the COVID, you know, eligibility is gone, I think it's not going to be – the portal may not be as huge. That's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, I could definitely be wrong. But I saw the, I saw some grit, and I saw some workmanlike ethic, and I saw some fight. And, and that's what you need. And if you don't turn the ball over, if you don't hurt yourself – you always have an opportunity as talented as Clemson is as a football team when you don't make mistakes and they, did, they really didn't make a whole lot of mistakes, you have an opportunity to win a football game. And that's what they did. Koval was the other one who was hurt. He was uh, he tore his ACL, Dabo said. He's out for the season. He got hurt on Thursday. I believe is when it ha- or happened. No, excuse me. happened Wednesday's practice. He tore his ACL. And on Thursday, uh, Mickey Kahn goes up to um, Griffin and says, uh, just want to let you know um, you're starting on sa- on Saturday. Right, yeah. You, you know, you're starting because Jalen Phillips is out, Mickens was out already, and now Koval, who was supposed to start, he's out. And so he's like, this kid finds out on Thursday before practice that he's going to be the starter. Now, the good news is, LeVon, what have you always said? No matter if you're starting or if you're second team or third team, you always got to act like you're the starter because you never always. know never when know. that ankle's going to be turned or something's going to happen, yeah. and all of a sudden you move up the depth chart. Well, mm-hmm. this young man, you gotta he, be ready. he had himself ready. He said, you know, he, he, he prepared like he was starting already. He had gotten really into the notes and to the game, and he paid attention in film study. And so he was ready when Coach Khan came to him and said, "Hey, man, you're 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 starting on Saturday. You need to be ready. This is a freshman, you know. It's oh, yeah. Start against Notre Dame, nonetheless, against a quarterback named Sam Hartman, who's like one of the most experienced veteran quarterbacks in all of college football. And he went out there and balled, got himself an interception. You yeah. know, he played lights out. You know, the whole secondary did. I, I thought they played really well. I really did, and." You know, as a as a guy that has played in all leagues, mm-hmm. you have to be you have to see yourself as a starter. No matter where you are in the depth chart, you have to act like you already did. So when it happens, you're ready to go. You're not like, holy cow, I'm starting. I'm sure he was like, cool, I'm starting. Good, it's about time. <laughs> and that's how those guys played. I mean, uh, uh, Pharrell, the other corner, the young corner, he played well. Yep. And I, I think you got something with our secondary. They're young, but I think those guys can really play. And the more reps they get, the better they're going to get as well. So we got some talent on this team. This season hasn't gone the way you expect a Clemson season to go, but you're seeing – What's going to happen in the future? If every if you know guys don't get hurt or whatever like that, right? 
they got an opportunity to run the table. Yeah, I mean, they, they do. We're going to talk about that because this win does mean a lot for them. But you mentioned the young guys, right? And so I'm, I'm looking it up now, so please bear with me as I'm doing this live as we're scrolling through here. But Clemson's, um, Clemson at one point had four freshmen on the field Saturday. So I'm trying to figure out who the – I like it. You know, at the end of the game, that last possession, they had four freshmen. Avion Terrell was one of them. Um, obviously, we mentioned that uh, – Let's see. I'm going through these. I apologize. Go to the safeties. Um, they had Kylan Griffin there. We talked about him. He's two. Um, let's see. Who else was a freshman that we saw out there? Was Peter Woods out there? Well, Peter Woods was – I don't know if he was on the defensive line at that time, but – on. In that secondary, there were four freshmen on the field at that yeah. time, and that yeah. at the end of the game, let them play. And I'm trying, yeah, exactly. I'm trying to figure out who the other two were. Um, I know, like I said, I know Terrell was out there, and we mentioned Griffith was out there. Um, well, anyway, I'll figure it out as the show goes on. But those guys, I mean, to have four young players at the key moment of the game. Mm-hmm. Out on the field in that moment, and the game's on the line. You got to get a stop, and they're playing against a veteran quarterback. I mean, how big? How big is that? What kind of a learning experience is that? That's just amazing. Well, I think it's great because you know a lot of times younger guys bring in the the energy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you don't want just all veterans all the time. A lot of times, man, you like a mixture of young guys and veteran guys. Because I know when I when I played, I was a little bit more of a veteran. The younger guys really give you the energy to play a little bit hard. So I, I'm not one of those guys that say, "Oh, he's just a freshman." If he's a freshman and he can play and he can bring something to the table, which our guys are doing, man, let him ball, let him play. But the big question I got now, I, I want to ask you now: What do you do with Mafia after you have a game like that? Is simply coming back? against mm-hmm. Georgia Tech, and if he's coming back, what do you do with uh, those running backs, especially after a game that Mafia had? Well, good good question, LeVon, and and, and, and Dabo answered that today. Um, Will Shipley is likely coming back. Dabo says he practiced yesterday. Um, he, wore, he was in green jersey, so he's looking good, so he's probably going to be ready to go by the time Saturday gets here. Um but Dabo said, we're going to ride with the hot hand. He's like, Phil Moffat is the hot hand, and we're, we're going we're gonna to ride him until he's not hot anymore. Um, and he says, um, you know, right now, after the way he played the other day, you know, you got to give him the ball and, and see, if, see if you can keep riding his coattails. Um, and they did. They rode his coattails for 36 carries last week. You know, like I said, that's the most carries by any running back since 1997. Yeah, okay. man. That's how many years ago is that? Was that 26 years ago? So yes. that's a long time since a running back has got that kind of load in one game. Um, he looked like Kevin Mack out there to me, man. That's who he, he was, reminded me of. He just looked like you, Kevin Mack running over people. He reminded me of mid-80s football. I did. That's when what I thought, a, too. When you had a big back and you just fed him the rock. At one point in the game, the two teams had combined for six passing yards. 
in the second quarter. Is that we're in the second quarter? And I said to Cameron um, Burnett, my colleague over at TCI, I said to him, I says, I feel like we went into a time machine and we're <laughs> back in 1987. That's by my exact words. You know, because it felt that way because both teams were running the football. Neither one were trying to throw it. You know, it was crazy. 21, it was 21 personnel. And what I mean by 21 personnel. <laughs> Two running backs and a tight end. Two running backs and a tight end. <laughs> <laughs> and you get in the high formation and you just let your running back, you just let your running back carry the show. And, and that's what he did. And I thought it was really interesting that even in the red zone, a little bit more, we took the decision out of we took the decision out of Cade's hand a little bit, and we gave it to the hot guy. And I feel going forward, everybody see like when you see a performance like Mafia did, you have to put Mafia in the game. Mm-hmm. You, you have to give him the ball. He has to be the starter, and Will Shipley has to understand that. I think Shipley. If you watch the game, and of course, Levon, you've been on those sidelines. You understand what it's like. Right. If you watch the game, you saw that he he could he knew that, mm-hmm. like he was watching it and he was happy for his teammates and his team and his and for and for Phil Maffa. But at the same time, you could tell by his body language that he knew what that meant um, for him. That right. yeah, he's going to come back, but he knew I probably am not going to be the starter when I come back. Right, and I think deservingly <clears throat> that Phil deserved to start. This he does. He, he, he does because, I mean, 186, not just the, the 186 yards, but how he ran the ball. Mm-hmm. He ran it tough. I mean, he broke away. He scored a long touchdown. He was seeing the field very well. You, you got to give You got to give him the start. There's yeah. no way you go in and say, hey, we're going to divide the carries. You, you can't do that. You no, I, like Dabo said, they're going to ride the hot hand. Now, I don't think to. he'll get 36 carries, but I think you might see him get over 20, you know, and, and Shipley will get I, 10 I would, or 11, I think. I would, I would feed him like that. I mean, yeah. after that performance, let's ride his back. Let's see what he can do. Absolutely. Keep giving it to him. And, and Ship, when you come in, man, make the most of the carries that you have. That's right. That's the best. I mean, and that's just what it is. It's about playing the best players. Mm-hmm. It is. I mean, and that's the, you got to continue being the best player. If you want to play, you have to always prove prove yourself as the best player because sometimes starters, when they feel like they got the job, some guys can dial it back a little. Right. This um, creates. This creates. Great competition. Scott Millsap on uh, Facebook, he asked, um, first of all, no, Scott, we have not talked about the offensive line yet, but we're going to. Um, and then he wanted to know if there's any proof that Riley may have a, have detached the RPO Saturday so run plays remained a run. Well, a couple things with that. We'll start there. Yes, the RPO wasn't in play, but it wasn't because he took it out for – you know, reasons that you might think. He took it out because his quarterback, if you saw Kate Klubnick's ankle, was severely wrapped and really wasn't going to be any factor in the run game at all. And so they took out the RPOs because their quarterback couldn't run them. You know, if you can't run the football, you can't run the RPOs. So that's why they took the RPO out. Now, 
That doesn't mean that's going to be the case this week because I'm sure Cage's taking care of his ankle. I'm sure he's getting his treatment. I'm sure it's probably going to be better than it was last week at this time. Dallas Winnie said at the press conference on Sun, uh, after the game, he says, he says, yeah, he says, on Monday we were real concerned. On Tuesday we felt a little bit better. Then on Wednesday we were extremely worried because <laughs> mm. he didn't think Kay Klubnik might not play because Kay didn't practice much right. uh, during those times because, you know, he really couldn't. Um, so there was concern there whether he was going to be able to play um, on Saturday. Now he toughed it out and he got out there, got his ankle wrapped, and he played, and he played well, I thought. Um, as far as the offensive line goes, now, what they did, LeVon, they said, according to Dabo, was um, – and, and you know, we got to talk to uh, Garrett Riley yesterday. Uh, they took the uh, – they took they basically simplified it in a different way. In other words, normally when you simplify something, like if a team's running a lot of traps and counters and stuff like that, you know, um, I mean, a lot of teams, they're running a zone, excuse me, Mm-hmm. Then you add the traps to the counters to make it simple for the, because of the zone, zone blocking. Right. In most cases, zone blocking seems to be a little more difficult, right? Well, yeah. in this case, it was the other way around. Clemson did a lot of counters and traps and pulling guards and stuff like that. Well, they took that out of the offense and did nothing but strict zone blocking. And they simplified it because, hey, as we mentioned, they had two starters out of the game, Marcus Tate and, um, and uh, 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 Colin Sadler. So Christian Lee had to move back to left tackle. Mm-hmm. And then they had to add Harris Sewell, the freshman, in at right guard. Trent Howard came in and played left guard. So because Harris was there on the field, though, I think that's why they simplified it a lot because you got a true freshman that's going to have to play every snap, right. you know, for the most part. So they simplified the run game. And, yes, you saw how much it helped. And I think part of that also was having Phil Maffa in there who – I hate to say it because, you know, I don't want to compare him to somebody this great yet, but he's got such that little pitter-patter feet, mm-hmm. and he's so good at finding the hole and staying small, even though he's not small. Right. He reminded me a little bit of a smaller version of Jerome Bettis, the way his feet Whoa. he can cut on a dime the way he can and find that hole. Is that not who we reminded you of a little bit the other day watching that game? How fitting that it was Notre Dame. (laughs) Man, do I want to go Jerome Bettis on this? But what I did like, though, was he did find a hole. Yeah. And he he seemed a lot quicker than I really originally thought that he was. And sometimes, we talked about this before, sometimes make football simple. Mm -hmm. Make it where the athletes are just going out there playing ball. Sometimes when you get them out there thinking, hey, if this guy does this, then we're going to do this. But if we do this, they're going to do Sometimes that's too much thinking. Right. Hey, let's just come off the ball, smash somebody in the mouth. We give it to our big running back and let them make plays. And that's what they did. And sometimes simple is better. Yeah. I'm not saying always. I'm not saying not to have a, a scheme, not to have – but sometimes, especially when you're struggling, let's get them back to having fun playing football. Mm-hmm. You got that guy right in front of you. Beat him. You got that guy when you pull around, the first guy that shows up, put him on the deck. Put him in the ground. Exactly. Bury him. Sometimes it's just, hey, we're, we're in the, we're in the um, red zone. We're, in the, we're on the three-yard line. You know what, man? 
Mafia, you're getting the ball. Tell the defense. You don't have to be that clever. Mm-hmm. We got a big old back here. We're gonna put him behind. We're gonna put him behind center. We're gonna get under the center as a quarterback, and we're just gonna run it down your throat. And he'll get three yards. We got four downs to get three yards. Let's do it. Yeah. And that's what they did. They did, and um... and it was beautiful to see because if you continue running the football, a lot of times it's gonna break through for you. A lot of people give up on the running game if they get tackled for a loss. Offense coordinator get very impatient and like, you know what? No, no, let's do something else. No, keep grinding out. Keep grinding out. And especially in a game like this, that running game proved to be deadly for the Clemson Tigers. It was a big part on why they won. It, it, it was. And uh, Rodney Ellis um, on um, YouTube, he just said, had made a comment, Moffa looked like Terry Allen. On Saturday, Ooh, I don't. Terry Allen, he did Terry Allen's like a little bit faster than Moffa. He, he, he did look like Kevin Mack, though. He looked like Kevin Mack is who. Kevin Mack, uh, I wouldn't even say Kenny Flowers because Kenny Flowers could absolutely fly. He was a track star. He was a track star. If Kenny Flowers in that backfield, it's goodbye, good night. He's gone. Yeah, but Mafia probably looked a little bit more like Kevin Mack. Yeah, yeah. yeah Phil, Phil, Phil Moffa looked. Uh, Looked great. Uh, I think he's going to, um, you know, I think he's going to continue this uh, throughout the season. I think he's ready for it. He's ready to, to, to get up there and, and do his thing. And so we'll see. It was good to see the offense, you know, make plays. Now, there was some negatives. We mentioned some of it earlier. The the turnover led to a touchdown. And then, um, what was it, four or five times they got the ball at midfield there at the end of the third quarter and then all in the fourth quarter, they had ch- opportunities to put the game away. They didn't. Um, now, thank goodness for, first of all, A, a great call by Dabo Sweeney on the uh, quick kick. Um, as Dabo called it, a PPO, which is yeah. punt pass option, and it is a real play where he can throw the ball if he wants to. That's an interesting thing because that makes people have to wonder – Okay, he could actually throw the ball here in this situation, but he could punt it. So you got to watch for both. Um, that was a great call because that really changed field position at that time, and it stayed nice. that way the rest of the game. And then, um, and then Adam Swanson, Aiden Swanson, give him credit for the punting the other day as he continuously went out there and he put Notre Dame in bad field position the entire fourth quarter. And Clemson's defense answered the call each and every time as well. Yeah. It was a great performance by the defense, a great performance by special teams. However, I wish the offense would have scored at least three points on one of those drives to put the game away, get up two scores, instead of ha- keeping us all on eggshells, you know, at that point in time. That's my only complaint. Yeah. You know, I, I think that they're still not quite there yet as how, as how to finish games. That game should have been finished uh, a long time ago. But, boy, we had to sweat it out. And that's just a team just learning how to get it done. Mm -hmm. And if they play like they played on Saturday, I think a lot of times they're going to get it done. They're going to get it done. They're going to learn how to finish games in games. And it won't have to be so much drama. You know what I'm saying? So 
Yeah, it, it's it's a team that you know you still got a very young quarterback. You've had some different lineups as far as the old line is concerned, but you know I thought Saturday was a positive, mm-hmm. and I feel like you can build off that. Before we switch over to the defense, um, want to give a shout out. I meant to do this earlier, but I, it slipped my mind. But I want to give a shout out to the men's basketball team last night. Oh, yeah. Open the season, as you see us strolling over our screen here. Clemson men's basketball team opened up with a 78-56 win over Winthrop. Um, and I want to give Coach Brownell and his team – Brownell's been on our show before. We appreciate yes, it. By the way, has. Coach, LeVon's still waiting for his I'm stuff. still waiting. Yeah, you know, he hasn't moved. He wanted you to know that. Um, still in the same spot. Yeah. Still in the same spot. He wants it. But, anyway, good opening win. P.J. Hall scored 20 points. Um, Ian Shifflin with 16 points. Um, the Tigers had four players overall getting double figures. They scored 45 uh, points in the second half to really oh. open the game up. And so, um, you know, a good opening win for Clemson. Brownell said last night after the game, LeVon, he said he was they were a little nervous, he thought, in the first half, but they kind of settled in in the second half and played to the potential they can. And I'm going to tell you, we're going to finish talking Notre Dame here in a minute, but I had to bring it up a little bit because the basketball team, they can really, really score the ball. And they have keys. They have a lot of scores and a lot of shooters on this team. They had 21 assists last night. So wow. they're very unselfish as well. Mm-hmm. I tell you, Levon, this has a chance to be a pretty doggone good basketball team this year. And I mean, I'm talking maybe one of the best Clemson's ever had. Oh, wow. Well, I thought last year, man, they, they played well in a lot of spots, man, really did well as far as the ACC standings are concerned. Mm-hmm. I think they got hosed. Yes. From not going to the NCAA. Mm-hmm. That, that was to beat a team three times in a row, and that team gets to go to the ACC, I mean, NCAA. It was just tragic. It really it was. was. So I, I, I really am looking forward to the basketball season this year. I'm always watching. I'm a big fan. I follow them very, very much throughout the season. So, yeah, man, I'm hoping for a big one this year. Yeah. We- Maybe we get to – Maybe we get to the ACC uh, tournament title game and and get one. We, yeah. we deserve one. The yeah, we'll have to get basketball deserve a tournament championship. Championship, absolutely, it does. And maybe we'll get Coach Brownell on here and and yes. give him a little bit of the believing Clemson football mojo. Um, yes. you know. Uh, <laughs> so yes. anyway, congrats to Coach Brownell and his staff and his team on, on their first win. And they got a game they'll play Friday night in a tournament up in Asheville. Um, go check that out if you're up in that Asheville area. Go check the Tigers out. Um, real quick before we get to the defensive side, LeVon, mm-hmm. uh, Garnet uh, Thomas, he says, uh, Clemson has scored every time Dominic Thomas has been in a ball game, but one drive, which was an inch short of a goal line against FAU. Um, he says, give him the ball if you want to win. He's the best Clemson back. I like it. I don't know if he's the best back, but I like the way the kid runs the football. I do like the way he runs the football. Mm-hmm. I, think he's, I think he's pretty good. I, I really like the one play where he was really stuffed in the hole. He kept grinding and got that first down. That was pretty impressive. It was. He's got low center of gravity. He's only 5'8". Yeah. This is what I would like for him to do. I'd like to get him out there, and because you've shown him several times now this year, especially against Notre Dame, yeah. and run a screen with him behind those big offensive linemen. And, LaVon, you tell that linebacker to try to find him. I used to, you know, I never like little. I, well, I, I won't call them little. I would call them short. 
yeah. lot of times people they when they say little they think like because he's short right this guy is well i mean he's he's a built little guy i mean he's a built guy <laughs> yeah what's that little guy <laughs> i was gonna say little but no he's a i mean he's not tall he's five he's eight not, it is what it is yeah he, he's not little he's 220 pounds at five eight man and a five eight running back it's just hard to see him yeah I mean, usually they have really good they just have really good movement and it's hard to tackle those guys it, Oh, I hate five eight and shorter guys. He, he, he reminds me of play. Reggie Merriweather. That's oh, who he reminds yeah. me. Of. And then you know I, the the play that he had when he went out to the flats, good little catch, good little first down. So he's a good mix. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's your featured guy right now. Of course not with the guys you got, but he's a nice change of pace. So you know what, Garrett, that's not a bad idea to have him in the game. No, it's not. Um, Real quick, want to kind of before we get up moving to Georgia Tech and try to finish up here. Um, the defense I thought yes. came out and just played exceptional again. Um, now they had some trouble early in the game stopping old right. big number seven and Estime. Um, Estime. but they adjusted. He only had five yards rushing in the second half. Um, I thought the front four dominated the game when they needed to. Every time they needed to step up and make a play, somebody stepped up and made a play. We mentioned earlier what the secondary did. I thought they played one of their best games of the year as well. Um, and then, of course, the, the linebackers were just outstanding the whole game. And um, I thought from all three levels, it was a solid performance. They gave up only 323 yards to, to Notre Dame. And, um, yeah, Notre Dame ran the ball early in the game. But really in the second half, Notre Dame couldn't run the football at all. They couldn't do anything. Uh, no, I mean they're a good team too. I mean they're gonna get yeah. some. They're gonna get yeah. some plays. They they really are, and they did some good things. But I like that the Clemson team hung in there, and they really didn't give up momentum, especially in the second half. They did a good job of when we pinned them down there at their own territory, that we pretty much kept them down there, and that's a sign of a defense that's maturing. They seem to be playing fast. They seem to be getting to the ball. And that's what you want. But I have to recognize one player. Uh, I don't know his name, number 19. Mm-hmm. He made a Monte K part. K part, yes. <clears throat> they, they put him in a zero technique in front of the center. He walked that dude back. And Notre Dame is known for their offensive line play. Not walked him back, but then threw him aside like a rag doll. Walked him back. Threw him inside and made a hell of a play. Straight up tackle on SMA. Three yard loss. That guy needs to play more. Yeah. And he, he will. Needs, he needs to play more because really that's what we talk about. We talk about putting the hands on the guy, um, back penetrating and throwing him off and making the tackle. I thought that was a very impressive play. I haven't seen that a whole lot. But when you can do that, man, you can control the line of scrimmage like that. It's hard to run the ball on. It's hard to do anything when you can make that happen. So it was really good to see that one of my guys used great technique, using his hands, getting under a guy, and walking him back, yeah. taking them out, the, taking them out the club, taking them out the club. That's what he did. Clemson in the last um, Notre Dame had the last six possessions of the game, which is going from at the three minute mark of the third quarter to the end, so the last 18 minutes of the game, they had six possessions 
they had a total of 60 yards in those six possessions. Four punts, one interception, and one um, on downs. That is that's good. That's dominating defense right there. When you and by the way, two or three, I think I want to say two of those um, were three and outs. So they got the defense got off the field on three plays. Um, that's that's what you want out of your defense in a game of that magnitude. When everything's on the line, your season's on the line. You want your defense to step up and make plays like that. Oh, no question about it. And we talked about it all year, about how our defense really needs to stop those momentum series. Mm-hmm. And we haven't done a great job of doing that, but this past Saturday we actually did, and it made a difference. It was complimentary football. I wouldn't say at its best, but it's probably the best we've done all year round. Absolutely. And it, it turned out to be a win. So, you know, you, lim- you eliminate turnovers. Um, you play sound football, you have an opportunity to win games. Now, Rodney Ellis asked, he wanted to know why, and we've talked about this before, why oh XT gosh. hasn't developed a spin or swim move. Um, but I want to say before we get into that, XT, I went back and watched the game. XT had four pressures uh, on the quarterback, three in the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, he also drew one holding penalty, and he had a deflected pass. XT was a beast. They could not handle him in that game. I mean, he dominated that right side of the line. So, yes, Rodney, you're right. I think he does. Me and LeVon talked about that several times. He would be great if he could get a spin or swim move. But in this game, he he owned that right tackle. I mean, he owned them the whole game. Yeah, no question about it. We talked about XT for the last few years and what a get-off that he has. So he has a tremendous fastball. He does, to put it in baseball terms. He needs to develop a curve. And we and we and it, it's really somebody needs to really kind of talk to him and whisper in his ear. Like, especially like a great defensive end that can come and say, dude, if you can develop a spin move, you're gonna be incredibly dangerous. He reminds me a lot of Dwight Sweeney. Uh Freedy, I'm sorry. Freeney, yeah. Uh, from well, I coached him in Arizona, Indianapolis. He has that kind of frame, he has that kind of get off, and it is, I'm telling you, it's a nightmare for offensive tackles. And once he can develop that in move, it doesn't have to be a spin, but just a counter. I wouldn't say a swim move because he's 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 not that tall, and a lot of times you don't want those guys giving a swim move because they're going to expose all their ribs. So if he can even, I like the spin move, but even just an inside move where he fakes like he's going outside, then goes inside, and with his get off and his explosion, I'm telling you, it's wide open for him. Yeah, like T.J. Watt has that great, mm-hmm. if you watch T.J. Watt play, he'll come at a guy, he'll go outside, 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 then all of a sudden he'll fake outside, he'll use his hands, cut back inside, and then it's he's over. it's over. He's killing the quarterback. Yeah, he sets him up so well. Yeah, and that's what XT needs to do. Mm-hmm. He needs to be able to say, "Hey, I'm I'm going to set up guys because they know that he has a get off." And so those offensive tackles, they're going to kick back and they're going to try to protect against the speed rush. But I'm telling you, just like you said, Rodney, if he ever gets a, another move, a counter move, 
off that speed rush, he'll be dangerous. Yep. And Rodney, you're right. He does get hold. He gets held a lot, and it doesn't get called they have, they majority have of the time. Hold. Yeah, they, they, they have they to hold. Him really, oh my God, they held him so bad one time. I was like, now that's ridiculous. Yeah, that should have been a thirty yard penalty because it was that ridiculous. Yeah, he he gets. If you watch every game, XT gets hold probably ten times, and they yes. only call it once or twice. But right. he's being held like ten times during the game. Nobody has been able to block him all year. That is no truer statement than that. Um, we need to talk about Georgia Tech and switch over to Georgia Tech yes. game, LeVon. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, what this win can mean for Clemson real fast. The Tigers are 5-4. and four. Um, Granted, no ACC championship game this year, no college football playoff. We already know that. However, that win on Saturday means a lot in the sense of where you can go. And where you would like to be is someplace warm for, for the bowl season. Mm-hmm. And so – I figured it out last night. I went through a bunch, and I talked to some people. Clemson's right now, if they can win out, they'll have a chance to grab one of the ACC's um, first-tier bowls. In other words, the bowl games after the college football playoff in the New Year's Six. So those bowl games are the Reliquist Bowl in Tampa, formerly known as the Outback Bowl. Clemson hasn't played in that bowl game since 1990. Um when uh, yours truly over there, LeVon Kirkland, uh, and the Tigers won 30 to nothing over Illinois, uh, they are in the running for that bowl game um, if they can win out. They're also in the running for the Gator Bowl um, if they can win out, and they're in the running for the Holiday Bowl in San Diego mm. if if they win out. So, San Diego. Uh, yeah, so um, those are the four. And the matchup in San Diego that a lot of people are talking about is Clemson playing Southern Cal. So that would be interesting. Um, yeah. You know, that's a good TV game. And I think that's why if I had, if you had, if I'm a betting man right now and Clemson wins out and Southern Cal goes eight and four, whatever, if I'm a betting man right now, that's going to be where Clemson's going because ESPN is seeing Clemson and they're seeing Southern Cal. And they're oh, like, yeah. what a TV matchup and ratings game that would be. A lot of history, right? And that's what it's tradition. about. Yeah. You but know, you so, know, if I'm the Tigers, man, you just want to keep winning and having fun at doing it. And I think this is what the Georgia Tech game means for the Tigers, man, to keep that momentum going, to, to get that. It, it's nothing better than winning the game, but even better doing winning two games in a row. And that's what you need to focus on, getting better and winning the second game. And I'm going to tell you, though, Georgia Tech presents some problems. They are a pretty good team. As far as their offense, they got some guys who can get out of space and catch the ball. King is really not a bad quarterback, and actually, King can scramble too. The one thing that I see a weakness of Georgia Tech, boy, they cannot stop the run. They are not that great in stopping the run. No, they're not. I think this is a great opportunity to expose them as far as running the ball is concerned. It's back to the 1980s when we run the ball, when the running backs had those really high socks on. It's back to uh, it's back to doing Max and all those guys that ran the ball back in the 80s. It, it's time to do that again. I guess from what I saw with Georgia Tech, they're just really not that great in stopping the run. But they're dynamic as far as offense is concerned. Mm-hmm. Some problems, yeah. Yeah, I, um, I really – I think um, 
as Clemson looks at this game, Georgia Tech is they're really, really good on offense. Um, Haynes King is an unbelievable quarterback. He he can do he can put pressure on you. Yes. Running the football, he can throw the football. You know, he's got 22 touchdowns passing. I think he's got like – I think he leads the ACC quarterbacks in rushing touchdowns. Dabo Sweeney described him as Riley Leonard-like today. Um, he's third in the conference in rushing. This is a team where offensively they can be a lot of problems. But like you said, on the other side, they're not very good at all. And, and Clemson should be able to move the football and have some success against them. Now, the question comes in this game, though, is Clemson's got to take care of the football because I just told you how good Georgia Tech is on offense. You don't need to give those guys extra possessions or give them free touchdowns without having to earn it. You know, so stop this letting guys intercept it and take it to the one-yard line or going pick sixes and taking it to the house. This game here, Clemson's offense needs to complement its defense because this defense probably outside of the Florida State game is going to be the most difficult game they've had. Uh, this season, and as far as matchups and trying to stop this explosive offense, by the way, that can run the football. Levon, they ran for two hundred and forty-five yards against North Carolina in the fourth quarter. Yeah, one quarter they ran for that many yards. They'll wear you down, and they'll and then they'll hit you with big play after big play. Yeah, they like like I said before, man. I don't know where this Georgia Tech team came from. This is the transfer portal at its best bringing in some mercenary guys that usually Georgia Tech don't have. But they do, to their credit, have a really good offense, and they can score points. And you cannot be sleepwalking out there because if you do, they can light that scoreboard up. And running that and having those many yards against North Carolina, where North Carolina was, I think, number 17, wow. That says a lot about Georgia Tech and what they can do. So this is a game that you, you better have your energy going. You better you better understand what they can do and be ready for it. Because if you're not, you know, it may be a long game for the Clemson Tigers. Hey, you know firsthand, um, Georgia Tech, look, it's a rivalry. Yes. It's probably as much of a rivalry. And I know people don't look at it that way, but it probably outside of if I had to go down the line of rivals, it would be South Carolina, Florida State. Uh-huh. And then I'm sitting right there, Georgia Tech, NC State, you know, yeah. are the That's- next rivals. And, yeah. and 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 the reason I put Georgia Tech in there is because both teams had Frank Howard. I mean, excuse me, not Frank Howard, John Heisman. Uh-huh. Both teams had John Heisman. Georgia Tech stole John Heisman from Clemson. So there's a, that that's there. Um, you know, it Clemson had that whole thing where Georgia Tech wouldn't come to Atlanta. I mean, wouldn't come to Clemson for years. They were too good to come to Clemson. Uh, for so many years, and um, and then you know, and then they had the situation where when they finally, when Clemson got really good there in the late seventies, the Georgia Tech coach said that he's not going to play Clemson anymore because they don't want to. Uh, they were worried they were going to lose to Clemson, mm. and so uh, you know that kind of started that. And then of course Georgia Tech joined the ACC, and they had to start playing Clemson every year, and they played every year since nineteen eighty three. And so that's why it's been it's, – it's it, and then they had that stretch, right, where um, for a long time every game was decided by like a field goal, and then Cle- Clemson would win three or four in a row, then Georgia Tech would win three or four in a row, then Clemson uh-huh. win three in a row, Georgia Tech win three in a row. I think at one point the, the series was tied for the moment. It was 1983. 
I think Clemson's got a slight edge now and dominated the last seven or eight years, obviously, right. since yeah. Paul Johnson left. But then, yeah, the Paul Johnson era, mm. I mean, he was a thorn in the side for the Tigers. And so with George O'Leary and his era and, and Bobby Ross, is, that's where you remember Bobby Ross coming into Clemson and Death Valley right. in 1989 and oh, beating man. the Tigers on homecoming. So there's yeah. a lot of games, right, where Clemson and Georgia yeah. Tech have had a very good rivalry. I mean, very good. A lot of close no, games. No question. They're not very far from each other. I mean, it's almost a bus ride. So it's going to be – I think it's going to be a really good game. Mm-hmm. I really do. I, I think it's going to be a good game. I think it's, it's going to really test Clemson on what kind of team they are. Can they really get over the hump? And Georgia Tech brings a challenge. They do. A, b- a big challenge. And yes. – um but uh, we'll see how the Tigers do. That's a noon kickoff, by the way. That's going to be one of our games as we get to our pick six segment and um, want to, you know, kind of bring that up and talk about that. And we'll get going on that one here with our pick six. And Levon, we'll go ahead and start it real fast. I know this is your favorite time. Um, mm. Number two, Michigan at number nine, Penn State. By the way, Levon, you did pretty good last week, four and two. So you did good. Um, <clears throat> number two, Michigan, at really five and two because Clemson we threw in as an extra. Um, yes. So, number two, Michigan at number nine, Penn State. Noon, Fox. Michigan's a four-and-a-half-point favorite. You've seen the reports come out. People are now saying Michigan should be excluded from the college football playoff. Hmm. All this stuff's going on. All these distractions. they got to go to number nine, Penn State, who, other than the Ohio State game, is beat the tail out of everybody. Can this be a game where we get an upset? Wow. You know, they are playing at Penn State, Happy Valley. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to do a whiteout or whatever. Well, it's a noon game, so it won't work as it's well. It's a noon game, won't work as well. Okay. Yeah. Mm. I, I, w- I just want to tell everybody, nothing's going to happen to Michigan, in my opinion, uh, before the championship. That's not happening. They're yeah. not, no, that's not happening. Uh, maybe afterwards, but not before the season plays out. So, I think it's going to be a really good game. But, man, I just can't trust Penn State. So I'm going with Michigan, and I'm taking the points. All right, I'm with you. I, I think I'm the same way. It's I want Penn State to win. Yes. I would love to see them win this game because it really throw a monkey wrench in a lot of things. But I'm with you. I just don't know if I trust Penn State. They just they don't seem to win, be able to win these games when they play Ohio State and Michigan. It's like they're always third place. You always, know? yeah. And, yeah, and that's what they are here. I think I think they're third place. I think it comes down to a Michigan, Ohio State, on who goes to the college football playoff, and then Penn State. I think you're going to be relegated to the Orange Bowl. Um, yeah, so you'll go to a nice bowl. They'll go to a nice but bowl. I, I would like to see that. I would like to see that win too. I would like to see. I, Penn I would State too. I'm pulling for Penn State. I, I really would. Yeah, but I, I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't either. I'm going to go ahead and take Michigan minus the four and a half as well. All right, our next game, number thirteen, Utah. At number five, Washington, 3.30 kickoff on Fox. Washington, a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. Ooh. I like Utah's defense. I really do. Yeah. I think they can cause Washington problems, and I think they will. But I think Washington's just got too much offense for Utah to keep up with. They got too many boys, man. Sometimes it, the, Jimmy, the Jimmys and Joes. Mm-hmm. And Utah's a nice little team now. They'll play you tough. But I just think Washington has too much, so I'm going to take the points, Washington. Yes. Yeah. If if this game was in Utah, I might go It'd be Utah. Different. Yeah. It'd be different. But it's in Washington. They'll have a great crowd. They'll be on top of them. It's a great environment up there. You, anybody who watched that Oregon game saw that. 
Yes. Uh, this is a big game for the Pac-12. Um, and Washington, it's important for the Pac-12 because Pac-12 wants to get in that college football playoff bad. Right now they're sitting on the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. Um, so Washington, they got to kind of keep it going, right, till they get to the to the, the to the Pac-12 championship game. I'm with you. I'm going to go with the Huskies on this one, minus the nine and a half. Um, they fooled me last week. I thought Southern Cal was going to beat them. Um, but Washington, that's one of the losses me and you got last week. And um, yeah. I think I think this week uh, we'll go with uh, the Huskies. I'm going to ride with the Huskies. Sounds good. All right, next game. Number 14, Tennessee at number 16, Ooh. Missouri. 3.30 p.m. CBS. Tennessee's a one-point favorite on the road. This is, mm-hmm. I think, going to be the game of the week. I think so. This is a great game. Yes. And I'm going to pick Missouri. Yes. yes. I'm with I, you. I, Missouri's a good team. They're, they're not a bad team. They played Georgia pretty well. Um, you know, Georgia pretty much gets up for the team that they think they, they they respect. I think that given Tennessee, especially is that Missouri? It's at Missouri. No way. I, I think I think Missouri's going to win this one. I do too. Yes. A home underdog, a ranked home underdog. I'm yeah. taking the ranked home underdog every time. I am too. I, I don't know what they see in Tennessee, but. I think Missouri's going to win this one. Yeah, I do too. Give give both of us uh, Missouri plus the one there. Yes. All right. So uh, now we're going to go over to – I picked this game because, to me, Central Florida has played tough. Number 15, Oklahoma State at Central Florida, 3.30 p.m. ESPN. Central Florida's four and five. But man, mm-hmm. they're, they're, so, they're like Clemson. They're like two or three plays from being nine and oh. Right. I mean, they really are. Mm-hmm. And um, – I know a few weeks ago they had Oklahoma on the ropes. Oklahoma State's coming off that big win over Oklahoma. They've won five straight. Everybody's talking about Oklahoma State and and Coach Gundy and what job he's done, and he has done a great job there this season with this team. But doesn't this sound like one of those games where something could happen, like when everybody's talking about you? Yes. When the majority is – when the majority is like, oh, man, Bye bye. When you probably should sell, mm-hmm. and that just looks like one of those games. And everybody's just, saying, "Oh, you just, beat, you just beat Oklahoma. It's going to be a little bit of a letdown." Yeah, for the Oklahoma State Cowboys. I really do believe that, and they may go there and start sleepwalking. Yeah. So I'm gonna take UCF plus the points. Yeah, I'm I'm with you because the Oklahoma's. State is like, yeah, everybody's buying right now. And I hear, uh, I was listening to the radio the other day. Everybody's like, oh, well, they're going to win out yeah. from here on out. They're going to mm-hmm. win out, and nobody's going to be able to beat them from here on out. They're going to go on and win the, the Big 12 championship. And I'm like, this is college football. Just when you think you got it figured out. Just it, when you think. It you bites all you. Your, just when you think you did all your research and you looked at all your tape, mm-hmm. you end up being wrong. You end up being wrong. Exactly. Especially when you think you're right. You're like, oh, this is a can't miss. This is what I'm going for. And you're looking at everything. Then you forget that they're 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds, 20-year-olds, worried about the girlfriend, all kind of other things, and it don't show up. Clemson's a perfect example of that. Not that yes. Notre Dame didn't show up, but, yeah. I mean, you looked at all those injuries Clemson had last week, you're thinking there ain't no way, no way, yeah. you know what, Clemson's going to win this game. No way. And, and what happened? The they win the game. So <laughs> it's amazing how it happens. It is. So anyway, I'm with you though. I'm going to take uh, Southern. I'm going to take Central Florida, uh, UCF there plus the two and a half as well. 
All right, next game, next to last here, Southern Cal at number six, Oregon, 10 p.m. Ooh. By the way, you going to stay up to 1030 to watch this game? Not not really, no. Yeah, Oregon is sitting a half-point favorite. What do you think? Wow. Against USC? Against USC. I'm going to take USC. But even though USC, they give up so many points, their defense is horrible. Do you remember? Did you watch the Notre Dame game? Uh, Notre Dame Southern Cal. Remember I didn't that game? Watch game no. Yeah, you saw what Notre Dame's defense did to Caleb Williams. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, like what three picks? Three picks that you know they the offense couldn't keep it going because their defense is so bad, right? Yeah. Oregon is probably the best team Southern Cal has played to date, in my mm-hmm. opinion. I think oh, Oregon's the class of that conference. LeVon, I think Oregon's going to cover the 16-and-a-half. I'm just taking a chance, man. I know you are, man. But I just think Oregon – I love Oregon's offense. I love Oregon's defense. I think they, they play the most complimentary got, football of anybody yes. in that conference. And they got a quarterback who's been playing for 10 years. They, and they got a veteran quarterback. And that just <laughs> – I, I mean, like that. Plus, you, did you see Caleb Williams crying with his mom the other day? Did you see that video? Uh, yeah, man. Yeah. So you wonder where are they at as a team. They fired their defensive coordinator. You know, it, right now things aren't good at Southern Cal. And um, yeah. uh, but Oregon, but maybe you know, maybe they bounce back, man. You know, sometimes it's college football. College football, a little controversy here, kind of gets the team going. So we'll see. We'll see. But uh, me and you are split on that one. So we'll see what happens. Okay. Um, all right. So final one. Ooh. We talked about this game earlier. Georgia Tech at Clemson, noon kickoff, ABC. Clemson, minus 14 and a half. Georgia Tech, by the way, LeVon, Georgia Tech is number three in the ACC standings. If you saw we had them running earlier, Georgia Tech is number three in the ACC standings at four and two. Clemson's two and four. Clemson's a 14 and a half point favorite. Gosh, really? Yeah. I thought this would be a little closer than that. 14 and a half points. I thought so, too. I'm a little – listen – Clemson covered the spread last week, but they yeah. lost it against NC State. They lost it against Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, they were favored in both those games and lost. Um, I believe the Wake Forest game, they did not cover in that game. So Clemson hasn't covered in three of the last four games. Yeah, I, I don't think Clemson's going to cover in this one. Either. Actually, they didn't cover against Florida State either. Florida State was a three-point yeah. favorite in one. I, I don't think they're going to cover. I, want, you know, I, I think they're going to win. I just don't think they're going to come. Yeah. Especially how this team has been going. Yeah. I mean, if they played like they did last week, they definitely have a chance to win. But even so, I've looked at this Georgia Tech team, and I was I was pretty impressed. Yeah. Well, well, well he's done a great job with them in his first yeah. full year. Uh, he reminds me a lot of Dabo Sweeney, the way he does yeah. things, the way he runs his program. Um, I think Clemson's the better team. I think Clemson is going to win the game. And they're just barely going to not cover. I think right. Clemson will win by two touchdowns, but that half, I don't think they're going to get that half. So I'm going to see like 31 17. Georgia Tech gets a backdoor cover, something I can see like that. that. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. That's kind of like where I'm going. So I'm with you on that. I'm going to go Georgia Tech too, just barely, just slightly. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's where we'll go with that. Um, so uh, just got some other guys that have talked about everything. I uh, just want to make sure we had everybody covered. Any questions? But uh, Levon, I think that's going to cut it for us this week, man. I think it was a good show. Uh, appreciate good. you. 
doing your stuff, man, and know, giving us insight. And, and, and by the way, I know his name is not Mafia. <laughs> I just like to call him that. I know you do. Especially the the game he had. It's a perfect name for. Him. Yeah, so I, you I said that name. like last year yeah. that you wanted to call him Mafia, yeah. and that because you just thought that's that's like a cool name to have I, because he's a running a back. Cool, yeah. So yeah. by the way, I do know his name. Trust yes. Me. So anyway, but we appreciate you guys reaching out and, and yes, asking about Thank that. Thank you so much. Yeah. So, and we appreciate you guys listening. Um, for those who, um, by the way, those bets were, uh, thank courtesy of betonline.ag. So, you know, just uh, go over to betonline.ag and you can bet on those games. You can do props and all that other stuff as well. Um, but also uh, we want to thank all our sponsors and everybody else for watching. If you want to listen to us, you can go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or anywhere you get your podcast. You can download us there and listen anytime you want to. Or you can go back on Facebook and on YouTube and watch us again here if there's something you missed. Or you just came in late and you want to watch the whole podcast. So for anyway, for LeVon Kirkland, I'm Will Vandervoort. We'll talk to you next week when we look back at Clemson's game against Georgia Tech and get you ready for the game against the Tar Heels. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.